So I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, I spent my entire life there up until college. Um, I, I went to school here in the Bay Area, went to Stanford, and after about a year, um, I felt really, um, I guess, I felt like I didn't fit in, and I didn't know why. And once I got there, I realized that I never really left South Central for anything um, and up until college. So it was quite a culture shock for me. Um, the Just people behaved differently, people spoke differently. I thought that the world worked one way, and then when I got to college, I found out that it didn't really work, work that way. And it just was a lot for me to handle in a year end. Uh, there was stuff going on with family, so I actually ended up leaving uh, Stanford just because I thought I was, I was going to work back home, help my family. Uh, my older brother actually um, didn't really go to college and just started working, so I thought that's what I should do as well. Why would I be here very comfortable in college when I should be helping my family? Uh, thanks to some mentors I met uh, during the three years I was away, I decided that I needed to see things more long term. Um, but it was difficult going back at that point because I was used to making money, I was used to working, and uh, those mentors really helped me understand that I needed to go back to school as difficult as it was. It was very uncomfortable and I had a very difficult lesson in learning how to suck it up and just continue to do things even if they feel very unnatural to me, like being in, in an environment that I'd never really been in. Uh, so I ended up going back to school. I heard about the board internship, an internship at Google that's aimed at um, people that are underrepresented in the tech world. I thought I had absolutely no chance of getting in, but um, I applied late, late night because I needed a break from some assignments that we're doing. I thought, why not, it's one paragraph. I'll put something together and see what happens. For whatever reason, I ended up getting a full interview and I ended up coming here over the summer and it's great. I find people from very different backgrounds who care about the same issues that I did. And I didn't think there was a place for somebody like me in the tech industry, especially seeing at, Sta at Stanford, everyone's involved in a startup, everyone has been coding since they were like in eighth grade, and that's great, but I had no idea what even coding was. So it was great to see that there were many different avenues into the tech industry for somebody who didn't really grow up from that background. So I came here full time. I worked in uh, HR operations for three years. Uh, have you guys heard of Google Fiber? No. It's Google's attempt to bring internet. So I moved up to Oregon after um, pretty much uh, five years here. That didn't really work out. Fiber <laughs> got canceled in Portland. So I moved back to the Bay Area and I now I find myself on the hardware team uh, where my job is to figure out how do we get our hardware products like Google Home, Pixel out into different countries. And about a few months ago I started thinking that it's great that I could help my family out. Uh, the work I do was interesting but I don't really feel personally satisfied. Like I miss feeling that sense of purpose that I had when I was in college. When I was in college, I was part of a group called First Generation Low Income Partnership, which is for essentially like a support, like a resource group, or like a, like a, a student organization for people who come from first generation and or um, low income backgrounds. And it was meant to help you do well in college. There were a lot of mentors. We would bring in, bring on high school students to talk to the campus. And I really missed feeling that sense of purpose. So I got a lot more involved with my the ERG, the one that focuses on Hispanic and other minority issues. And so whenever students come to talk, I thought, why not? I mean, like, if I can help someone feel a little less lost than I did in high school, you know, why wouldn't I take that time out? That's awesome. It's awesome, awesome. I, whenever I have folks from Ola or the Black Googlers Network or whatever come out, um, they're always like these gems. So it's great that, that 
it's great that you came out. Your your story is like super awesome. Um, so if you, uh, I'm gonna ask a couple of questions, and I'm just gonna open it up to you guys to have a have a conversation with Mike directly. Um, if you were to uh, leave these young men um, with sort of one bit of advice, so if you had one takeaway for them as they're leaving Google today, so we're gonna have some food and we're gonna walk around a little bit and see the main campus and sort of head back, but sort of you tell them that you want them to. <laughs> want them to go back um, with that one takeaway, what would it be? Can we get it on video if it's not something that's too compromising? Like, um, is it like a message of hurrah? <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking through it, but it, um, it'll probably be a message of hurrah. I'm just trying cool. to think. Is it okay if we get that? I'd rather just do photos. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's never too late to do or learn anything. I was out of college for three years working. I had um, pretty much grown very comfortable in what I was doing, and I thought it was too late to go back to school. A lot of the people who started college with me had a, were either on the path to graduation or had already graduated, and I um, thought that it was just too late to do anything. Um, when I thought about changing jobs at Google after a few years that I got bored, I thought it was too late, that a lot of people that I'd be competing against had much more background in that industry, and I was afraid of doing making that change. So any change that in life that I've had to make, I thought it was too late or whatnot. And when, I guess if there's anything that I could leave you with is it's never too late to do anything. You just have to be comfortable with the fact that it's going to be scary as like, very intimidating and very challenging. But as long as you're comfortable with that and you know the people that are there, they're there, they're going to support you and that's critical as well. Because I would not have been able to make the transition to school, to being out of school, to being back in school and getting used to being in a professional world, which is just completely different than from what I knew in college, is just knowing that it's not too late to do anything and who know who those people that are gonna have your back no matter what. Even if it's just, if you just need to vent about something that just really has you annoyed and angry that day or just need to have no idea what to do and just need to um, talk through it and just be knowing who, and just having those people there that are there to support you. And if you don't have anyone, then seek those people out. Just say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Is, is, do you mind, would you be open to just having a conversation about it so I can learn more about your background or how you got here? And just being able, being able to, being willing to start that initial conversation with people goes a long way. So I'm gonna ask one more question. I'm gonna leave, then 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 let it go. Which is, um, does everyone at Google have to be an engineer? No, I was not. <laughs> I majored in econ in college, uh, which is as a, I, I'm, I'm my, in my major, it's uh, the joke was that it's the major for people who had no idea what to major in, <laughs> and that's certainly true of me. It's still true for me now. I have no idea what I want to do when I grow up, but I feel like um, there are many different paths to Google or other tech industries. Tech industries don't just need engineers to function; they need people that are in marketing, people that are they're selling the products, people that are like in HR and operations, building the tools or building the processes to make sure things run smoothly. So there are many different paths to a tech company or any company that doesn't necessarily relate to engineering. Awesome. I'm gonna open it up to you guys, man. Dive in. When you first started working here, were you intimidated by the work? Was it easy? How, like how the inspection was being like, how, how difficult was it? I wouldn't say it was easy because I, they essentially just you start, you learn what your work is, and there's a ramp up here when you're learning what to do. Um, I would say it's medium difficulty, like you wouldn't be at Google or, or at any company if they didn't think you could do the work, so it's doable. But I think the challenge is, 
and being able to figure out what what is the information you need and how do you how do you find it? Do you talk to people? Do you do you dig around for that information? So I think it's easy as long as you're willing to put in the work. Um, because I think one of the biggest challenges that I had when I started at Google is figuring out what is my place here. Everyone here is super smart, super talented, has a lot of experience, and some of them have been doing this kind of stuff for years. Um, but it's just uh, being willing to put in that work to look for the information you need to get stuff done. I think once you're willing to do that, things just become so much easier. Once you're willing to like dig for that information. For for uh, a lot of us here, I would I would think that we chose we a lot of us work for IYT and a lot of us chose to work for IYT based on the mission. Um, I don't know Google's mission statement. Uh, I don't know it, but um, what was one of the reasons why you guys chose to work for Google? Um, uh, you mentioned diversity, but was there anything outside of that? Was there a mission? Was there something that they do that or they provide? What was what? And I can maybe you might you you first. Yeah, um, I actually knew about Google's efforts to get more um, students in STEM. Um, I, my younger brother actually participated in the, um, there's a computer science program for people that are in high school or going to college. And I, I, I just found that fascinating that companies care enough about investing in students, even if they don't end up at Google, just being able to provide students with that skill set to go out there into the world and find these like, tech jobs that they, probably their schools might not have given them um, not, not access to. I think it's great that like, Google, I mean, uh, the main mission of Google is to take the world's information and make it uh, easily accessible. But then you have these programs that are getting students involved in STEM, um, getting college students from underrepresented backgrounds on here on campus for a summer and teaching them how to, how to be a great computer scientist or how to be a great engineer. And even programs where even if you're not an engineer, how do we provide you with the skill sets to, be great, to be, do great things out there in the world? Seeing a huge company care enough about like communities like mine and other communities out there, I think was very inspirational. I think it's one of the reasons why, when I thought about it in college, it just really wasn't a difficult choice because I knew even if my job didn't relate to the things that I care about, there would be enough avenues outside of my job where I, where I can still feel that personal sense of validation. So, uh, so for me, uh, related but different. Um, and so for me, it was. It, it was, you know, I'd worked in the Capitol for a long time, like I said, and I'd worked on, you know, staff tons and tons of bills and did the politics and did the policy and all that kind of stuff. And I, would, I was actually really frustrated by, like, how significant, like, Google and a lot of tech companies are in California, the California economy, employing people, paying taxes, doing all the things that we do to really help California on the cutting edge, be on the cutting edge and, and, and move forward and, and do all of that but like this huge disconnect between like like government and Sacramento and like the legislature and policymakers and like companies like this right and it was like so difficult and frustrating right um, and I think to, to the detriment of, of users to the detriment of the company to the detriment of public policymakers etc so I was like wow like it would be awesome to be like in the center of that and help Everyone do better, help the policymakers do better, help the companies do better, like, and bring people together to actually, like, uh, ask the tough questions and figure out solutions to them. Like I was saying earlier, you know, it's like, let's get together and ask um, some smart questions before we sort of come up with stupid answers, basically, right? And so it was that same spirit. Um, and so that's why I came here, and I think a, a uh, an exciting, 
sort of complementary feature of being here for me is to be out and do stuff with the community, right? Um, which is which is awesome. So something that I'm really committed to. What is the average salary? <laughs> oh God, I I don't even know. I think it really it, I think it's quite a range. It's a huge company. It's, for sixty thousand person company, it's really going to vary. Yeah, it really varies. I think depending on so many all the usual stuff, right? Background, qualification, what job you're in, how long have you been here, all, all that sort of stuff, right? Um, but I think, uh, I, to be honest, I, I don't even know. Yeah, I wouldn't even be able to guess, but I mean, coming out of college, it was enough to pay my bills, basically, and help my parents out a bit. So like, for me, that was that was the ruler by which I measured it. Like, can I pay my bills, and can I help family, like, after I graduate or, like, or after a certain point in time? And like, living in the Bay Area gets a bit difficult because it's really, really expensive to live here. So like I had a, a creative situation. Like I wanted to live in San Francisco, but it was super <coughs> expensive. Um, so I figured out how can I do all that and live up here. So like we ended up having like someone in the living room and partitioned it with the curtain because I just wanted to have that experience. But yeah, I think coming up with the average is a very difficult thing, and that'll vary greatly from company to company. But I think when you're considering possible options, yeah, I think it's important to think about what is important to you. What what do you want to be able to do with that money, and do, is is this job going to give you that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's like I so for just I have a married. I have three kids. I have a uh, I have a four year old, a eight year old, and a ten year old. Um, and I have a wife, and we all live in Fremont, and we are on a single income. And so my wife doesn't work; she stay at home. So it's it's a little uh, tight. Uh, but it's fine, totally fine. So that's sort of, for me, it's like, my gauge um, is a little bit different than your, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of where I'm at in my life, right? Yeah, so for me, my gauge is like, if my son says, hey, like, I want 20 bucks uh, or 100 bucks to, say like for right now, we were sitting here and spring break's coming up, and you know, there was some basketball, some Warriors basketball clinic that he wanted to do for like spring break, right? And it was like a hundred bucks to like join or whatever. And so my barometer was like, did I have to think twice about whether or not I can afford to spend that money on that basketball clinic that he wants to do? And the answer is no, so I'm okay. You see what I mean? So that, that's for me, that's my barometer is like as a dad, it's like, am I, am I, do I, am I having to tell him no for stuff that I know is good for him that he's excited about that's going to help him be better at whatever he wants to do um if 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 i have to say no then i'm probably not making enough money you see what i mean yeah. that's kind of how i think about it yeah like i grew up having to see my parents make those kind of decision decisions do you buy one thing for your kids or do you buy one thing just to keep things running in the house and yeah. just yeah uh that like it's really important to know what to know what's important for you and then yeah. um because a lot of people get drawn into jobs at a big name company but don't make enough to, to just get by. And whereas they would be able to take care of those things that are important for them, like at a lesser known company or at a smaller environment. Just, and it's really important to know, to put those needs first and figure out what is the job that it's going to get you there and it's going to help you get covered. Because you're there for eight hours a day, it better be worth it. Whether it's because you take care of things outside of home or you're doing something that excites you. Ideally, they're the same thing, but if it's not, it's really important to like know what your core like values are. I think, and that's, so the core values thing is so important too. I mean, I feel like there's people who get, I have friends of mine who make like a lot more money than I do. So they have like a fancy schmancy title. They're the chief of this or the chief of that or whatever. And they probably make more money than I do, but they are miserable, miserable, right? They hate their job. They hate the people that they work around. 
they don't find any purpose in what they're doing and it just is like they're miserable right so in those kinds of situations it's like really like okay so is like the big fat paycheck or whatever um that's going to allow you to buy the yacht or the whatever like is it is it like is it worth it like you know when you're miserable all the time like i'm pretty happy man i'm good like i'm like literally after this i'll just tell you like literally because i don't my computer my computer's at home. I'm I'm going home. Like we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told the guys in tech stuff. I was like, dude, if you guys can't give me a loaner computer, I'm go, I'm going home. I'll just work from home for the rest of the day. I mean, I got work to do. I'm going to work. Yeah. But I'm going to go home. Right? My wife's going to be like happy, like, oh shit, you're home. Like before the school kids got home. It's like then I got to go lock myself in a room because my four year old's like beating down the door. But that's like priceless. Like you can't you can't put a price on that. Yes, I have work to do, and I'll probably be working till like late yeah. today. But I'm just gonna go home, and I'll just—it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right? You can't—you yeah. can't put a price on that. Matters. That like really matters, right? Yeah. So it's a uh, stress, you know. Uh, for me, I come from a banking background, and I remember going home, taking work home. Yeah. Not not as in me leaving my laptop. But yeah. Yeah. As in like really taking what's going on at work home. But now I work here with these guys, and I work with a lot of these guys. And it's not the same, no. you know. Yeah. We got a purpose behind this thing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my yeah. friends who did banking internships and they have like CP in their car because they would have like two or three hours to rest yeah. before they had to get ready again for the next day. And just like I don't care how much money they make, I think it would not be worth having such a miserable life where you don't yeah. even know when will I be at a place where I can actually enjoy having that and it just feels like it's a cycle. Once you get trapped in that and are going chasing more and more money and putting those extra hours, you figure it out that you've lost a couple years of like. A lot of fun times with friends and family. Um, couple questions. Uh, does your family understand? Well, maybe more so for you, but maybe you can answer as well. Does your family understand the work that you do? And okay, so you answered that. Um, how do how do you explain it to them? Um, and then also the second part would be, um, how has your perspective changed? Like when you go back to your community, right back in you said South Central. Yeah. Right. So how does your perspective change now that you work at? You know, in Silicon Valley, you know, how does your perspective change about your community where you used to live and seeing your family? And does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I had that realization in college because I remember people in my dorm talking to their parents about what class should I take, what major should I take, and I couldn't even go that far. That was like quite a few miles ahead of the conversations I was having. I was just trying to convince them these are the classes I'm taking. <laughs> this is why they're not directly related to the job I'm going to do, or this is the way college is. You know, I'm trying to convince them that taking like an intro to Greek history class it's, is required, but the parents have no idea how that's going to relate to a job afterwards. So like I have a few years in practice in college having conversations with my parents, trying to really uh, bridge that gap. So when I started working here, um, working in HR operations, just, uh, like my job, to, just for you guys to know, was to build internal systems that help HR function. So that, um, to my parents, didn't make sense. So the way I described it to my parents is, I hope Google run, I hope other teams get their job done. So just trying to find a way to put my work in terms that they can understand and just being very patient with them. Um, I think the first time when I had this realization that I would need to learn how to do this was when I was filling out college application forms and my parents didn't know why they needed to give me their tax forms, why they needed to give, like, why was it, why the government needed to know this information. So it's a learning that patience, ha having that patience with my parents is like, became extremely critical even now as I'm trying to just, if I sound a bit frustrated on the phone when I'm calling home, just letting them know it's like work stuff and helping bring them into giving that giving them that visibility instead of just saying it's work stuff period. Because they want to know, 
it's just important to be patient with them and being able to describe if they just need a bit more information. It's you know what's it's actually a really interesting point. And so for me, like I I always found myself putting it in the context of something that that they know or have seen before, right? So um, uh, so for me, it's like the simplest way for me to describe to them like what I do is like I'm a lobbyist. What do you do? I'm a lobbyist. That. They get it. And they have negative connotations about a lobby. So I'm like, God, are you standing like in the hallway, like in a smoke-filled <laughs> corridor, like putting, like doing something you shouldn't be doing kind of thing? It's like, no, but I'm a lobbyist, right? That's what I do. I influence, it's my job to influence the government in a way that um, uh, helps us do what we need to do for our users, right? That's, that's my job. That's what I do. I'm a lobbyist. Yes, I put on a suit. Yes, I go to the state capitol. Yes, I walk around the hallways. Yes, I go to evening events and shake hands and pose for photos. I do all of that, right? Um, I'm just not dressed for that today. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I'm a lot, right? And that clicks for them right away. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's that's something that you can always think about too. Is like you know, like so even for your parents, I'm sure that they, at some point in whatever their work had been, right? Whatever they were doing, they dealt with somebody who had something to do with HR or yeah, like employment issues or like, whatever. Like, like, you know, at yeah. some point it's like, remember, remember that guy? Yeah, so I kind of do what that guy like kind of kind of used to do or whatever. Yeah, and there are common things like I work, yes, like what I do day to day, like in detail varies greatly, but at the end of the day, there's always people trying to work together on a project, someone not doing like, or someone wish, like, wishing they could do more like personal things, like just putting it in terms that, that are very universal and can apply to like, many other jobs or jobs that they know as well. Just being able to apply that to the way I was describing college or work as well was very useful. Other questions? I got another one ready. <laughs> you got one, Dale? Sounds like it's you. Yeah, Dale, you got it. Yeah. So, as a STEM major, I know there's a lot of competition on how you're going to keep a job, how the work with what from the work. So, how demanding is a job here in Google for an engineer? Are you an engineer? I'm not an engineer, but I work with engineers once in a while. Do you want to answer that? Yeah, I mean, and then I'd, I'd love your take too. I mean, for so I'm not an engineer, but the people that I, like the engineers that I work with occasionally, which is mainly to understand, like, hey, the government is asking about this thing. Can you please explain to me how the hell it works so that I can figure out how to respond? That's usually my interaction with like engineers, right? Um, I'm sort of the translator, literally like a translator between like the engineer and like the government people. I'm in the middle trying to like translate, like okay. So um, I, th I think it I think it really depends, right? I mean, I think it really depends on what sort of product you're on and what sort of timeline you're on. So for example, like if you're on, like so like if you're if you were engineering like on Fiverr, right? Um, I would imagine that for people who are working on Fiverr, there was like a very specific like time frame. It was like we need to launch here by X date, and everyone is like like going towards that, right? And it's like we have to be. And so I would imagine that for the people who are involved in that, that's really exciting and fun, but also like challenging, right? Um, as opposed to people who are sort of doing more. Uh, just kind of keeping things up and running, right? You're just kind of more, main, just kind of keeping things up and running, make sure the systems are moving, da da da, whatever, whatever. There's no huge major like launch coming up, or there's not some huge problem you're trying to fix. It's just kind of making sure like the machine is like moving along. I, I think those types of factors probably depend on 
what your level of stress is or how much pressure you're under or you know how you're sort of expected to to perform and under what time frames and context does that I mean yeah. that's how I think about it yeah, I mean that sounds pretty accurate and it's uh, yeah I mean that's the main distinction that I've heard because I uh, I, because our engineers that work in that building, and because we work on hardware products, they need to develop things and figure out how to do things by a certain deadline, just so we can actually go out and start building these things. So there are the engineers that are trying to work against the deadline, and the engineers that are up and running. And there isn't really a fear here that yeah, I need to do better than my than the people around me, otherwise I get fired. Here, it's just, do you get your work done? Or can people rely on you to do it? And then if you do that, then you, like you have nothing to worry about. Whereas there are companies like Amazon that are regularly cutting people, like the bottom X percent that happens in banking as well. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on what part of engineering are you working on, um, what company you're working on, and, and then so it's a, there are a lot of, there's a lot of else that goes into it. How well can you handle stress? Would you rather just keep the ship running, or would you rather try to figure out th- how to figure out how to do something very new very quickly? Um, so how how hard is it to get a job here? Like how competitive is it? Is it like super competitive, or is it like okay? You Uh, I mean, I can start that. I mean, I, I think um, it's definitely competitive. Let's not be like, I mean, it's very competitive. Um, it's, it's tough. But I will say that I think over time, and you maybe have more to say about this given your ERG and sort of people office experiences, that I think the way that we think about how we bring people into the company and where we bring people into the company from has really changed, I think, very significantly, right? So there, I think there was a time when we were recruiting from Stanford, Harvard, MIT, right? And everyone else, it was sort of like, ah, like tough, right? But I think as we're very data-driven, we, we respect the research, right, which showed that's not actually your, that's not necessarily like a, the best barometer of whether or not somebody's gonna be successful, right, in terms of like the, the company or whatever. So we're like, wow, okay, we really need to start. And then we also realize we're not reflective of kind of who we're serving and kind of what we want to do from a value standpoint. So both of us in time together, now we're recruiting at like way more universities, like a whole CSU thing, a whole UC thing, like way, way, way broader. A lot of the um, uh, um, uh, historically black colleges we're recruiting at, um, I think the Hispanic universities we're recruiting at much more aggressively too, um, and really changing a lot of that. So I think. Um, while it's still competitive, I think there's way, 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 way more entry points into Google, into our systems uh, for applying and, and getting interviewed and all of that than there used to be even like five years ago. Is that a fair? Yeah, that's really fair. And I, uh, have you guys heard of MLT, Management Leadership for tomorrow? Uh, it's like a college program for uh, sophomores and juniors. And a lot of companies like Google, Facebook, banking companies are recruiting like underrepresented students. So just like just like he said, there are a lot more entry points that are these programs in college that are that are supposed that are meant to that are there just to give you this exposure to companies that not that might not be actively recruiting. So it's really about yes, it's competitive, but there are a lot more resources out there to help you. There are um, college programs, there are recruiters that come to your campus, uh, there are email blasts that are sent out. There's a lot more. There's a lot. There are a lot of resources out there. It's just about figuring out which programs make sense, which ones do I know of, and figuring and just. Talking to friends, what are they doing as well? To figure out how do I, how do I just get face some of these recruiters just so that at least I can get my resume in there and it doesn't go into a black box. Any other questions? Yep. Yeah. 
What was your everyday like mindset? Like, what did you do to separate yourself from other people? And like, how many hours did you put in a day? For coming in here or coming to college? Oh, yeah. in general. Uh, I don't know if I actively tried to separate myself because I didn't know, and when I was growing up, I didn't know that there was something to separate myself from. I just didn't, I, it wasn't until I guess when I started doing pre-college programs in high school that I started getting that awareness, oh, there's a something else out there. So it wasn't an active endeavor on my part. I just knew that from, like I had mentors in, in, in grade school, I had mentors that I did in programs and just, they just kept, Telling me what, like, help helping me figure out what was important. Okay, it's, it's okay to do well. In, it's important to do well in school. It's okay. It's important to do well in these programs. Um, do well in your exams. So like, I was putting in the hours, knowing that eventually I would still be aware of avenues that were to get out of there. So whether it was applying to a college that got me out of South Central, applying to a pre-college program that would give me more exposure to colleges that I probably wouldn't have considered or resources that are out there. So it's really leveraging the resources that you have, even if you don't know what's on the other side, but just knowing that it would help you um, move, move on, I guess move on to, another, to a later stage. So it wasn't something that I was actively trying to get myself out of. I just knew that there's gotta be something better. So this is the work I have to do to get there and I'll figure it out along the way. Kind of going off that, just leveraging resources and stuff like that. Um, do you think it's worth for someone that's maybe thought about tech, but they don't they don't have a STEM major, they don't have you know, they don't know how to code, but they're they're very interested in the tech space? Do you think it's worth kind of how how to you know whether it's breaking into you know a tech or just learning more? Like what are ways to? To so by tech, do you mean tech industry or a tech yeah, just, job? Yeah, uh, both. Anything in the tech world. Yeah. Okay. So I can tell you that I didn't. I've never coded before coming to Google. And now I spend about half my day writing things in like JavaScript, Python, because I taught myself that on the job. Dang. So it's very easy. Like uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Code Academy or Udacity, a lot of these free platforms online. So if you want to, you can teach yourself how to code in, code, code in different languages as well and get that skill set. So then when you're applying the jobs, say I have this skill set, this is what I've taught myself how to do. And just by being able to put in that, put in that effort in, in teaching yourself these things, Looks like uh, it'll it'll make it'll make a mark and it it'll it'll definitely make a difference. Uh, the reason why I taught myself how to code is because I was doing something incredibly manual. I was copying and pasting um, for like many many more hours a day than I would have liked five days a week, and I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I thought, why not teach my teach myself how to code so I could move <coughs> on to something that was like less spine numbing, I guess to put it frank, frankly like that. So you can teach yourself how to code at any time. There are a lot of free resources out there. So even if it's too late to change your major, um, because it was for me by the time I started thinking about it, there are other ways you can learn the skill set, whether it's on the job or on your own time. Shall we get some food? Yes. Yeah. All right. So it's, it's all set up right outside that door. Feel free to bring it. Are you able to stick around for a little bit? Yeah. Or? Okay. So why don't you guys grab some food, and then we can continue.